Hey everybody, it's me, Alex the Lemur. So uh, just a quick heads up here. By the time we get to the third cartoon in this episode, we're going to be discussing some uh, depictions of sexual harassment that kind of border on sexual assault. So if if that's something that you, you can't handle, then uh, I think we stopped talking about it at around the like the hour 20 mark. So uh, feel for, uh, free to skip forward to there when the time comes. So, all right, otherwise... Uh, Here's the rest of the show. Toontown Public Works is not for kids, even though Sir Casey and I are childish cartoons. We try our best to keep the show PG-13, but regardless, we do talk about a lot of adult content. Stuff like weird sex things and, um, and butts. We also have a Patreon now, where we post things like bonus episodes and periodic newsletters about things that are interesting us at the moment. So yeah, check that out uh, if you're so inclined. Enjoy the show. The Toontown Historical Society presents Toontown Public Works, a program where three highly unqualified doofuses make a mockery of themselves in the name of preserving this great city's forgotten classics. Hello, and welcome to Toontown Public Works, where we do trudge for the ink, to find hidden gems. I'm Ichi the raccoon. I'm Casey the dog. I'm Sir the cat. Hi. Hi. Hello. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I think all of us... Well, okay, me and Casey are exhausted in one way or another. Uh, you but sound are, very energetic. <laughs> I am good at it's hiding like, my pain. Okay. Um, Not me. I can live forever. Uh, but, I'm like Keanu uh, Reeves. Yes. <laughs> You're an eternal vampire. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, so if you haven't listened to us before, uh, we are a podcast about cartoons. We watch cartoons that fall into the public domain or otherwise easily accessible. And we also talk about cartoon news. So uh, let's start off here by getting into the news. Now, uh, this time, I think Cirque wants to take a lead here because I... Uh, he has more stuff going on right now in terms of the news. I got things. I got two things. The okay, first then. Thing well, then I'm let's going... hear those. Hear those what? Hear things. Those, the those things. things. Those things. I stopped talking <laughs> because I realized you were talking. Do, do the things. <laughs> tell us the news. Yes, I will tell you main news. Okay, so... The first thing I want to talk about is the de- fact that Alex Hirsch has actually signed on to Netflix now. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. This is really cool because he has mentioned on his Twitter that now he doesn't have to deal with Disney standards and practices. Well, I mean, the truth is, is that that was, for what I understand, it was always going to be the case. Uh, just because, uh, not not being on Netflix, but like, uh, his next project was never going to be on Disney, from what I understand. That's not, also not, true. It yeah. was. It was not like uh, uh like a, not like a like a like it wasn't like a bad relationship or anything like that. They actually really there's a lot of good stuff going on. Um, it was just uh, Alex Hirsch wanted to work for other people, <laughs> and uh, originally it was going to be Fox. Like I think it was supposed to be like a Fox animated show of some sort, but then like. I guess that just never happened. So Netflix is coming. Well, yeah. now if he did something with Fox, he'd be back at Disney. He so. would be doing something yeah. for Disney. So yeah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. 
I like him being at Netflix. He's mentioned something to the effect of uh, doing something like uh, adult animation, I think, in one of the articles I read. So that's going to be awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm very eager to see what he does with that. Oh, I think he could do adult animation just fine. Like, he he already made an ep- a Disney cartoon show with, like, faces that melt and bleeding animal faces and, like... Ancient Sins! Yeah. Yeah, ancient sins. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say those things were necessarily not in the cartoons we grew up with. Well, I mean, uh, uh, I I would say mouths that like uh, that like ooze blood, like literal actual blood out of their mouths as they scream, say ancient sins, ancient sins, like that. I don't think that was in. Yeah, I guess that specifically was not. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I so I guess their like face turned inside out, and also there's a screaming head that disintegrates. That's the, a thing the, narr- that the narrative I'm trying to avoid is this thing that I see a lot of people do where they're like, well, actually, if you really think about it, this show is for me, an adult, you know, like that sort of. No, yeah. we're, not, <laughs> we're not doing that. Okay. It's all I'm good. Not. I, look, know. I, look, I will. T- I, I don't. Go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say is like, you know, I understand that, but I also think that, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, I I feel like that it's only, that's only actually a problem, like, for very specific cases. And usually it's only more pronounced in, like, certain ways. Like, uh, like God, like, the worst one was My Little Pony. Hands down, by and large, completely. Um Otherwise, I feel like that if you go too hard in the other way, you're kind of it feels like you're doing the opposite where you're saying, oh, well, adults shouldn't be watching this because it's not for them. That yeah, kind of well, thing. yeah, I just I just sort of get I just sort of don't like when people are like, can you believe this happened in a kid's show? This isn't for yeah. kids, you know, and that's not what we were doing. I just wanted to make not, that clear. <laughs> I right. I will say one thing he'll probably be able to get like a uh, get out now. You'll probably be able to have same-sex people, like, kissing and stuff. Oh, yeah. Hopefully. That was a thing. That, yeah. Is that something he uh, wanted in yeah. Uh, Falls, but could it? No. Yeah, there was there was, a, there was an episode where uh, there was this thing called the love... It was the love god. It's the one with the cherub. Uh, like, they were supposed to be Cupid that, like, became, like, a fat rock star dude. Um, and there was the whole part where he goes into a diner and just makes everyone fall in love with each other, basically. And there was a part where a grandma was supposed to fall in love with another older lady and, like, make out and stuff like that. And uh, Disney ended up cutting that. Hmm. Uh, which, which... It uh, sucks. He also, he also mean, had, like, a... Uh, I think it was, like, a trans symbol on his necklace as well. Uh, I think so. Maybe. Uh, I, I think he. I think he. I think he still has that. But oh, uh, really? I don't know. I, I. I. don't know. I really don't. I. I. I mean, it's. It's a. It's. It's a necklace that has both the male and female signs mixed together. I don't know if that's the trans symbol or not. I, I, I'm really ignorant. I'm sorry. Disney is not your friend, though. That's the. Well, n- no, no. I know. That's Look, I, <laughs> that's the conclusion that I, I mean, am I making. I don't really from this. have any friends on that. Well, on that front, so I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I, I think that's also kind of a really shallow way to look at it though not because i'm not i'm not asking disney to be my friend i'm asking disney to acknowledge i exist 
You know, that's all I'm saying. And sure, and, and you know, Disney still really hasn't done that in any significant way. Like, or uh, insignificant way. I guess there no, was that no, no, Beauty no, no. and there the are, Beast there, thing. There, there, <laughs> there are... There, there are it, there are stuff that has happened like in Star versus Force Evil. There was a, a part where like characters were like it was like a romantic thing. There was like a same sex couple making out. Okay, uh, Casey, I, a, I just want somebody to, th- to like keep throwing me a fucking bone over here. Yeah, sure. I'm just I'm just saying that I feel like Disney historically has been more likely to shut those things down than to greenlight them. I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm not. I'm just saying that, like... Yeah. All right. Uh, so, uh, what's the next item, sir? Uh, the next item is... How about we... How about one of you guys go? What? I don't have anything. Do um, you have anything? I, uh, I might here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm basically just trying to, uh... I could talk about how I saw the Captain Underpants series, but that's going to be a bit of a longer discussion than like a news article or something. Fair enough, fair enough. So. Uh, how about we do that then? I think I need a little bit more time before we get into what I was going to talk about. Okay. Um, well, uh, so I watched the uh, Captain Underpants animated series on Netflix. Uh, um, so... Historically, I would say that Netflix isn't like the best when it comes to like animated kids stuff, um, especially when it's a DreamWorks property that's attached to it, which technically Captain Underpants is uh, like uh, freaking. Uh, what was it? Uh, there's the Boss Baby show or whatever it's called. I don't fucking know. It's like, why I think would I? I think it's Boss Baby, the series. Is it that? Okay, Maybe. fair enough. Whatever. I don't care. It's Boss Baby, and I don't care what anyone says. It's still really dumb. Um, I don't care if it is, like, if they people like it or whatever, but whatever. Anyways, the sh- <laughs> well, no, the people like the movie. I know people who thought the fun movie is, like, funny and whimsical or whatever. Uh, I think it's annoying, and I think the show is even worse. Uh, but, uh, okay. So, but, but, but Captain Underpants was actually legitimately really fun. Uh, it, uh, it's, it's, uh, I think it's called the adventures of Captain Underpants. Uh, cause it's like a bunch of different things. And basically, uh, so while the first movie was sort of like a expanded on, uh, adaptation of the first book of Captain Underpants, um, the stories that are in uh, this uh, series of Captain Underpants are basically uh, uh, pretty much entirely new stories with new characters and stuff, um, which is, at least as far as I know, because I I read, I was actually really into Captain Underpants as a kid, and uh, I read up to... Oh God, I don't even know. But I, I've read, I read a lot of them, and eventually I kind of fell out when I got out of elementary school, I believe. Um, but... But yeah, like, uh, so, so basically we, there, there's like a bunch of, like a bunch of different things. Like, uh, see for the folks who don't know what Captain Underpants is in the first place, uh, it's the story is about, uh, there's these two kids named Harold and George. Uh, they are, uh, they like to make comics about a superhero and it's not like a normal super, it's like a goofy 
like satirical superhero. Like they're basically satirists at a young age, basically. Uh, and they go to a school that absolutely is horrible. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, like a like one that like slashes art programs and music programs and like uh, that it has like teachers who just genuinely hate children. <laughs> um, and uh, a principal who literally despises happiness. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's pretty broad, but it's honestly uh, really funny. And um, see, basically what happens is that they hypnotize their principal into thinking that they are Captain Underpants, who is a superhero from their comics. Uh, and uh, at first he was just like an idiot running around, but then he, he gets... He gets hit with radioactive sludge from inside of a giant evil toilet, which go see the movie. If you want to know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and he actually gets those superpowers. So he actually becomes it, but he's still a massive idiot. Like captain underpants is a huge dumbass, And that's part of the joke. But, uh, but yeah, like it's, it's just, he's just a guy in a red cape and underwear who has underwear powers and he defeats all these enemies that are basically like the giant evil toilet or a guy with a giant butt. Uh, and like, oh God, like there's a whole episode about uh, a woman who is just a mummy who is made out of toilet paper and how she steals everyone's toilet paper and is trying to like destroy the world by that somehow I, I forgot the exact <laughs> I forgot the exact nature of it but the point is is that it's very very puerile with its humor but like is, are you talking about Margaret Thatcher toilet snatcher <laughs> god no it was like <laughs> the uh it, I think it was like the French teacher and uh she just kept on like once she became like the mummy uh like she just started like going wee wee all the time and that was it <laughs> What? Wee wee. Get it? Wee oh. wee. Oh. Um, Very clever. <laughs> I mean, I'm making it sound like it's no, like... No, no, no. I, I think it sounds... I think it sounds delightful. <laughs> I mean, it's great because it's like... It's it's in, it's in intensely stupid, but it's very smart about it. And like, it's got actually a lot of really good heart. Like, Harold and George are genuinely good kids. They only get in trouble because they're standing in defiance against a unjust... Uh, like school system that basically hates the way that they learn stuff. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's actually really, really neat. I, I think it's a, uh, the show really captures what the books are really about. And also what the, uh, movie was really, really good at. It also matches a lot of the humor and even takes some of the gags from that. Like there's, there's a whole bit in the movie where like, uh, they're having like a dramatic, uh, like recreation of like what will happen if they get separated from classes it's all done through sock puppets like actual literal physical sock puppets on the screen of like a movie theater uh and there are multiple scenes where basically they have similar kind of like things right there where they uh they have uh where they have actual sock puppets and like they do uh a different version of the flipperama gag uh like i mean they they're actually pretty clever um and i think it's i think it's a really fun show there's some really sweet episodes including one about like how you should like just because a kid is super quiet uh and may look imposing he's actually you know he may actually just be a cool dude who just doesn't know how to talk to people you know 
that's, that's actually cool, dude. And like, you should maybe try including him as like a see, talk to him sometime and see if he's, you know, you find interests and stuff. And that's it's actually there's a lot of really good lessons for kids and a lot of really interesting ideas. Uh, and it's not just like doing the exact same thing over and over again. Like they have a lot of various different plots, like some involve like time travel, some involve like one involves like uh, Harold and George going back in time to stop homework from being invented. But when they do that, they end up uh, making the future set up. So school, the school that they go to is actually a sweatshop. Um <laughs> Like a literal actual sweatshop. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it, there's there's some really, there, but then there's also episodes about like just genre superhero of the month or uh, superhero of the week kind of thing. There's, uh, oh God, there's, there's just a lot of variety of like what they do, even though it basically follows a very distinct pattern. Uh, and I really dug it. I think it's really good. I think you should check it out. Uh, it's on Netflix, all of it. Um, and yeah, if if you want to support an actually good kids program on Netflix, I would highly recommend it. All right. Uh, so, sir, do you have the news thing now? So, uh, speaking of big old gay smoochies, Adventure Time ended very recently. Oh. Oh, go on, go on. But uh, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Casey, H. Do you mind spoilers? Uh, go ahead I and go ahead. I don't care. Okay. So, I kind of fell out of watching Adventure Time a couple, like, years ago. Like, I think right after the, I think it was the season finale where Princess Bubblegum got de-aged. But I do remember there being a lot of scuttlebutt about them, like, shipping Marceline and Princess Bubblegum together. In the finale, they actually... Made that can. They went and they had a full-on woman-on-woman kiss between them. Yeah. Wonderful. Which, yeah, it's really cool. It's it's so, it's neat, because I know that, like, the fan base has been wanting, like, them to solidify that that's a thing for ages. Yeah. So, like, um, okay, uh, now, uh... So with terms of adventure, adventure time, I have literally only seen the first half of the first season. <laughs> I am fucking garbage, and I know that. Um, yeah, I think the last episode I watched actually was the the very the, the episode where they go into the woods with tree trunks. Oh my god, that is like one of the episode one of the last novels I saw myself. Yeah, so we um, fell off around the same time. In spite of me actually really liking it, <laughs> I did stop no, yeah, watching yeah, no. it. So uh, that was true of a lot of stuff with not Cartoon Network at that time. Like I don't know what it was. I just I loved it, but I still ended up if I like missed an episode, I was just kind of like, eh. That that kind of happened with We Bear Bears for me as well. But I actually went back to watch We Bear Bears. Um, mm-hmm. but. Um, but anyways, uh, I have friends that are huge fans of that series. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I know that, uh, like I, I knew about the whole princess bubblegum Marceline kind of like being like a hinted thing as like, that might be a kind of a romance thing. Um, no, uh, I had, I had someone like I, when I was reading out up about this, cause this was basically like when I realized this was actually really cool. And for some people, this may not seem like it's such a big deal nowadays considering, um, pretty much every major cartoon ever show except for like Teen Titans Go, I think, 
uh, has had uh, like gay characters or at least like a gay moment or something like that. Well, actually, um, from what I've seen, Teen Titans Go actually had a lesbian couple in the background of uh, one episode. Oh, OK. Well, sure. They did the bare minimum. Cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, but anyways, uh, so I got so because OK, we, we were definitely ahead of where we were before in terms of like representation of uh people like gay people in the media in terms of like like the cartoons um like um one of the first big deal ones was the legend of Korra ending which basically was just a handhold and an implication that they were going to be like a couple you know but yeah that was which uh then it was like uh you know steven universe and its whole uh you know Gay characters, which I I still think Kate, Steven Universe is really important for all this because I would say Steven Universe is probably one of the major th- reasons why it's so normal now in a lot of ways, at least in terms of like uh female ones. But like, I yes, Casey, the Steven Universe gets something right that all of these other examples I can think of really don't seem to understand, which is that queer people usually spend their time with other queer people. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, yeah. I feel like most of the time it's like, there's a gay couple. <laughs> and in, right. in Steven universe, it's like, there's 15 or so different things going on. The two you gays, know, they found each other. Binary friends kissing each other, yeah, and so merging it's... and having, having dance sex and turning into giant women. Yeah, which um, is which is more aside from the giant women thing is more more true to life, <laughs> I think, <laughs> than than most of the um, other examples we've listed about this. Well, I mean, I think there's one that's actually a really good one, which is uh, so Clarence has uh, an episode like Clarence's uh, friend uh, Jeff. Mm-hmm. His parents are mothers. They he has two mothers, and it's not really treated as a big deal. But it's like it's still significant because it's like, I mean, they're it's not like they're like in a background. Of a couple of they're like characters that they're like secondary characters that show up pretty frequently in an episode that involves Jeff. So it's 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 actually pretty neat to see that, you know, like it's mm-hmm. it's not like made as like a big special episode thing. They I don't think they've ever really called attention to it ever uh, but it's still a thing that's like actually really like I, I think I appreciate that I really do. Um, just to have two casual like like a, just a casual gay couple that has a kid, they adopt someone, and that's just how they are. That's their life, and nobody makes a big deal of it. And that's kind of neat. I kind of like that. Um, I don't know. Um, We're my I I personally am not willing to stop until there are no more straight kisses on TV. <laughs> <laughs> they are I mean, all straight. Same. Yeah. yeah. No more. No more straights on TV. <laughs> Let's ban straight people. There we go. Um, but um, okay. So, but yeah. No, no. I think. But this is significant to get back on topic because. I think this is the first time, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the first time where two main major characters on a a cartoon show that is primarily aimed at a younger audience uh, who are both explicitly female and not just, like, female but, like, non-binary because they're, like, an alien creature kind of thing, uh, like, 
this is like just two women who are in a relationship and kiss each other. And they're major characters who like people care about and love. Like that's, that's big. <laughs> that's big. I can't um, think I mean, of another example. Yeah. Like, I mean, like in, like, I'm not trying to discount any of the previous stuff. Cause honestly, I feel like people who kind of like write, I, I don't like people who write off, like, unless it's like, really token and not really much of anything uh cough teen titans go cough uh like i i don't like to discount like just like minor versions of representation that shows visibility you know but like in in some ways i feel like the minor ones are are actually vastly important because if they're if they're like because the goal ultimately right is for people to see that type of thing without batting an eye right yeah, so I, I think minor representation is important. What isn't important is queer baiting. That true. I am okay with leaving behind. <laughs> that is true, and that is fair. And I'm I'm happy that they decided to not go queer baiting and legitimately just say, no, these two ladies are totally gay for each other. Yes, absolutely. And that's good. Very good. That is good. Uh, and I also am happy that, you know, they, that, you know, they, I, I also love like everything that Steven Universe does about this, including like stuff with non-binary genders and having a character that really uses they pronouns mm -hmm. <laughs> that, and then, you know, that's, that's pretty cool too. They've um, been doing a really cool job of Savani's design uh, recently. Yeah. I really, I really like Savani a lot. Uh, I love, uh, oh God, it's. But yeah, anyways, uh, my whole point is that this is cool. I really like this. I approve of this. More of this, please. Agreed. Also, not at the end of the series. Like, if not episode one, then like within the first season and a half, maybe. <laughs> eh, you do what you can. You know? I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they, that I understand, that I don't, I understand, I understand the politics behind that. But at the same time, just, I really want to aim for that. <laughs> yeah, just just highlighting that there is more progress to be made. Yes. But this is good news. Nonetheless. This is very good news. Yes. Um, so with that... Would we want to really... talk about our Patreon before we get into the main event? Well, yeah, I was, but I was just trying to segment out of the freaking news, but I guess we're just going to go straight into it. No! Like a brick wall. <laughs> No segments. No, no, no segues. You segue off a, off a ramp into this. Gonna Paul Blart you into the mall cop. Okay. Good joke. Uh, <laughs> just that was a joke, maybe. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, our Patreon. <laughs> you threw off my rhythm. You threw off my groove. <laughs> Damn it. Anyways, uh, uh, yeah, so the Patreon. The Patreon uh, we have is, uh, oh, f uh, I actually want to talk about something else before we get to the Patreon. Okay. Right, let's go. I'm sorry. Uh, Segwaying uh, back. <laughs> Turn the segue around. Turn the segue around. Um, <laughs> Uh, actually, fuck it, never mind. I'm just gonna do it. Patreon, <laughs> turn around Patreon. again. 
<laughs> Patreon. Patreon. So we have a Patreon. This uh, is our Patreon.com. doing this. <laughs> yep, it clearly is. Um, so it's patreon.com slash TTPW. Basically what it is is we uh, we need, you know, we really appreciate it if you would help pay to make this thing work. You know, um, we are working on ways to basically, uh, we're doing some like behind the scenes stuff to improve it. But basically the structure is right now, uh, if you donate $5 a month, you get a bunch of bonus stuff, including a uh, newsletter where we talk about stuff that we really like that are not really related to animated stuff. Uh, we also have a bonus podcast called Toontown Nights where we watch cartoon movies that are really bad and then we have to say something nice about them. Um, it's a lot of fun and I really like making the content, but the main reason why we do it is because we want to make sure that both our lovely editors, uh, Alex and Aki, uh, they get paid for what they do uh, because they work their butts off to make this even remotely listenable. Um, and we so had some uh, we had some audio troubles this time around, so yeah, even more so. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, that's why we really would love it if you did chip in. I mean, obviously, we don't want you to like go broke or not pay for rent to pay for this, but like, if you can spare anything, that'd be wonderful. And if nothing else, you can always let people know about us and also our Patreon. Uh, just yeah, just spread the word. And we will be lovely people for you in terms of like uh, giving you stuff like through Patreon. I think we've That's... also been talking about doing a one dollar a month tier. I mean, we're that's that's part of the restructuring we're kind of like working on. We haven't really solidified it, but we are working on ways to make it so like five dollars isn't the only way. And like if you do anything less, you won't get anything for it. We we definitely want we don't want you to be like left in the dark if you're just like doing a buck. But um, yeah, so we're we're working on restructuring some stuff. But uh, at this time, five dollars gets you all the stuff that we offer uh, and then some. Thanks for bearing with us. And thank you for looking into our Patreon. We really appreciate it. And again, that Patreon is patreon.com slash T-T-P-W, as in Toontown Public Works. Okay. Um, so with that, let's go to the main segment of the thing that we do every week or two weeks. Uh, let's talk about some is... old-ass cartoons. Yeah, exactly that. Um, so what we do is, uh, so we have this DVD collection. Um, it's a giant 601 collection of cartoons that we have uh, gotten. And uh, we randomly choose one of those cartoons to watch. And how do we choose that? You may ask, well, we have a little thing that I call the list. Oh, you, you swerved on them a little bit this time. Yeah, you, you didn't expect that, did you? All right, Alex, drum roll. Okay, sure. <laughs> That doesn't sound uh, good. Why did we, we get? <laughs> okay, we're going to watch uh, some George Pal puppet tunes. What? Uh, <laughs> I sound, don't know. That doesn't sound like fucking cartoons. What is this tunes at the bottom? It's at the the, end? puppet tunes. Cirque, uh, did you listen? Puppet tunes. See, it counts. Some get people it? argue that puppets are a form of animation. Well, that's true. 
I will accept it. <laughs> because I haven't, I, I don't think I considered that when we watched Howdy Doody the first time. And I hope no one is mad at me for it. <laughs> so. Uh, so, so we're going to watch a cartoon that's called Tubby the Tuba. Okay. <laughs> the Casey Story. Oh, boy. Here goes. <laughs> It. <laughs> no, I, I mean, get like that. As, was... as much as there, as much as there were things about it that were very upsetting to look at, <laughs> and they weren't supposed to be, I did like this cartoon. It was quite quirky. a bit. Uh, yeah, so like it's a, it wasn't a puppet thing. Um, depending on how you define a puppet, it was a stop motion cartoon, mm-hmm. uh, done with figurines, uh, and uh, it was sort of this thing where it uh, had it an anthropomorphized orchestra that was made up only of instruments. Uh, And the really, yeah, no people. And the really cool thing about these instruments is that they are like very uh, intricate miniatures and they move in sync with each other. Which Uh, is super cool. Yeah. Like in a really, so like, I guess that's the thing is this, uh, this one is a technical achievement, and there are three things that I think it does very well. That's the first one. It's like that whole thing where they're all like synchronized, it, which is very difficult to do, I imagine, uh, with stop motion. Mm. And also, uh, and also the the lighting I thought was really great. I thought they did a really awesome job doing the lighting in this one. And also, uh, a third thing which I forgot. Music, maybe? <laughs> yes, no, it was the music. That's right. <laughs> I thought the actual songs that are featured in this one are really, mm-hmm. really good. <laughs> yeah, this is so, a, this is a cartoon all about music. And when you have a cartoon all about music, you want to get the music really good. And they did that. Yes. It sounded very it nice. Kind of, yeah, it seemed very, like, I'm sure someone will, someone who knows more than me will probably disagree, but it seemed almost sort of like Ravel-ish. A oh, little... Yeah. To me, Maurice Ravel. Rob Bell he did from uh, Ravel. R A U V E L. He did Bolero. Oh, you know, the do, right. Do 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 do. Yeah, uh, it seemed vaguely like that to me a little bit, but I also know nothing. So, okay. So why don't we get into the main plot of this cartoon? Yeah. So, uh. So. I'm actually looking up information about the guy who made this real okay. quick. So um, I guess I'll start us off then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I spelt okay. Ravel wrong earlier. It's R-A-V-E-L. So don't nobody say anything to me about that. <laughs> I'm very sensitive. Uh, <laughs> okay. Right, yeah, go ahead. So this is a cartoon about there's there's like an orchestra in the middle of the forest full of these animated personified instruments like we uh, like we mentioned. And they've got violins and a piccolo and a piano and a xylophone made up of two sticks with faces on them that have to hit themselves into those like yeah keys. the the there are like baby faces on the mallets it's it's very it's <laughs> very that, distressing that's the, that was the most upsetting part to me was the baby faces on the mallets which are so small that you can't really tell unless 
you are watching it in like full screen. <laughs> they live a hell existence. Yeah. Uh, and then there's one lone tuba called Tubby. They are a very big tuba. They are the most personified in this whole cart uh, cartoon because they are our protagonists. They are sad because they want to play beautiful music like the rest of the orchestra who all get like solos and stuff. And yet he's just he's just on backing. He, he's upset that he never gets the melody. Yeah. And like they're all like, that's that's crazy. You can't do the melody. And the conductor who is shaped, he has a head shaped like a penis, which is symbolic because he's a dickhead. He is like, that's crazy, Tubby. You can't do that. You, you just do what you're supposed to do. And then it sort of just peers out with everyone laughing at him. And he just walks off from the orchestra when rehearsal is done to a river where there is a frog that greets him. Yes. So, um, before we continue on, I just want to uh, make a talk about In, real briefly intermission. About <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's it gets it's related to this. So basically, on Tubby, he he gets to a log and then he meets up with a frog who just says this really weird scat poem. But I have no frog idea. Frog on about. a log with yeah. a blog. I wish. Um, actually, no, I don't wish because I think frog. <laughs> I think frogs would have the worst kind of blogs. I don't know about you. Um, yeah, they'd be like they'd be like mom blogs. <laughs> I, I I shouldn't be that mean. I actually know a frog. Anyways, um, so uh, I like how neither of you reacted to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just accept it. Like, sure, fuck it. You know a frog. You, you know probably a do. Cat, you know a dog. You know a frog. Um, this but, just... uh, so, okay, the guy who made this, see, this is part of, uh, uh, George Powell's puppet tunes. So, uh, George Powell is, he's a, uh, animator. He's also a film director and a producer, uh, for like fantasy and sci-fi stuff. He basically lived up until the eighties. Uh, he was born in, uh, Hungary and he, uh, immigrated to the United States, uh, during World War II. Uh, when the basic, well, actually, before the when the Nazis were coming into power, so, um, but uh, yeah, the these short films, these uh, stop motion short films, uh, they are actually, uh, oh, like he's gotten, t he got a ton of uh, Academy Award nominations for best short films from like seven consecutive years from nineteen forty two to the forty uh, nineteen forty eight, and he actually did win uh, an honorary award in nineteen forty four uh, for these shorts. Um, nice, a uh, couple couple neat things. Um, first off, uh, he's not just known for being an animator. Uh, he's also known because he was a prolific uh, producer of sci-fi and fantasy films, including uh, When when Worlds Collide, uh, The uh, War of the Worlds, uh, t uh, The Time Machine, uh, The Wonderful World of Brothers Grimm. Like he, he, there's, there's some pretty neat sci-fi stuff that he has got a huge thumb. He, put, he, had, he had a big thumb in the pie. For that kind of stuff. That's uh, very cool. And uh, so much so that like he was actually referenced referenced in uh along with the from When Worlds Collide, uh during the uh intro of Rocky Horror Picture Show during science fiction double feature. He was part of one of the lyrics. So he was named by name. Um so if you've heard that name before and you had no idea what you're what you were doing, that's where. That's where I've you heard never, it. I've never watched it. Rocky Horror is really good. I think you should watch it. But anyways, um, uh, the only other thing is, uh, 
Wait, hang on. Uh, Did Casey say that he's never seen Rocky Horror? I've never watched it. So everyone tells me I'm dumb when I say this, but I'm I'm turning 27 pretty soon. I think I'm too old to attend a screening of Rocky Horror for the first time. If I had gone before like several times and I knew everything that happened and like all the call outs and everything, then I would probably be okay. Or if I was 16, I would probably be okay. You're allowed to do whatever you want at any age, buddy. We'll yeah. just, I'll, I'll decide one of these days if that's something I do. <laughs> right. I mean, I haven't, I haven't been to a screening, but I've still seen Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Like, so like you could still check it out. Like there, there, there are definitely things that I think are kind of flawed, but that's kind of, you know, that's one of the things people do kind of forgive about it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, there, there are problematic elements, but it's still on the whole, a really great, campy musical about science fiction horror films uh all right it it's 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 good and tim curry just is tim curry so therefore always great um he is incredibly tim curry in that movie oh yeah most tim curry tim curry's ever been but anyways uh but the whole reason why i even diverged from the actual plot stuff is because we're getting to a part which uh, so there's actually a, a, a one of the Tubby the Tuba models as long as the frog and three string instruments were donated to the Smithsonian to the Smithsonian Institute for National uh, the National Museum of American History. So the, the the frog that's coming up in this scene, I just want to let you know that he is historical and important before you hate him like I did. <laughs> Wait, why do you hate this frog? Was He's it so, just uh, was it just scat poem? No, it's just he I I thought his facial movements were unco- was uncomfortable. Like I mean, okay, I, I want to say that about most of so it's <laughs> it's very very uncanny valley this one. Yeah. Uh, I mean like I don't like his song at the beginning for sure. I think he has a weird personality. I don't know. It's 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 I don't know. I I I don't know. I don't know what to say other than like he 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 creeps me out a little, and I, 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 I think he's, it's neat, but like I don't know, it, like a lot of see, one of the main reasons why I've been quiet this entire time. You've been trembling um, in fear thinking about these characters. I mean, kinda. I mean, like it's like, um, so I, I think I'm because I'm, I'm, I'm deeply conflicted here. So, uh, for one. I think that the technical aspects of this short are absolutely gorgeous. And I love the animation, even when like it looks a little odd, I it has a feel to it. That's like, it makes me like, so, okay. Um, one thing about stop motion nowadays, like other than like, you know, honestly, most stop motion period, even like Ardman does this now, uh, where basically, uh, nearly every frame of like a movie, like of a, like all the mouth movements are like, they were created in a computer, then 3D printed out, and then sort of like they're used for a specific sequential order for what they were. Um, and while that definitely leads to a smooth animation, uh, it can lead to a sort of a sterileness, you know, like why didn't like it's it's definitely something that I've always kind of found kind of annoying about, like the more recent uh, stuff from uh, Leica. Um, but uh one th- but one thing I really appreciate about this short is that uh 
it does the traditional thing where uh, I can tell where like it's swapping like they they hand sculpted a bunch of different faces, and then they had like one based off of every type of vowel or mouth movement, and then they did you just say vowel movement? Vowel. 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 (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Every vowel. Every vowel movement. Uh, but um your children um but um anyway <laughs> uh so like every single one of those painstakingly like swapped out swapped in oil kind of stuff and reusing the same ones over and over again but in a way that makes the mouths look like they're actually speaking uh like that's something that you can like there's there's a difference all i'm trying to say there's a difference between what you saw in like uh, a nightmare before christmas and what you would see in kubo like, um, it's, you, you could see, like, Wes Anderson kind of does more of the traditional kind as well. Like, I, I, I'm honestly not trying to poo-poo anything about, like, using techniques to make a more efficient mm-hmm. workspace, like anything. Like, it's still an incredible effort to do stop motion, even if you have these shortcuts. I'm just saying that I recognize the amazing artistry that is being put on forth with these shorts, like this specific short here with all the different miles, moons, and uh, I love, there, there are definitely some interesting designs here that I really like. Um, my problem is that I hate every character in this. <laughs> I hate they, them. Yeah, they, they are all uncomfortable to look at. Every single like, one is a little bit uncomfortable. Not every character has at least one extremely creepy face. And like, except even for the, the ones hu- who don't have faces, like the human characters but, who have two but few the fingers. Human- <laughs> yeah, exactly. The humans <laughs> like, are creepy because they're all missing fingers. They look like they're like aliens. Yeah, and like see, the reason why the only reason why cartoons like cartoon characters only have like four fingers is due to an animation to make it like a lot cheaper and easier to do. And it looks fine in 2D. But when you're in 3D and you have these long human like meticulously fingers, rendered hands that they look it, they look like they were wrong it's stylization that really don't work it look they look like they look like raptor claws uh yeah (laughs) i can see that it's like i can see that oh my god it's like freaking salad fingers or some it's like oh my god it totally is though it totally is uh wow so many so many repressed memories. <laughs> uh, so I like rusty spoons. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this has been the Toontown Public Works halftime report. Last time we uh, saw our hero, he sat down next to a frog on a log, and they had a conversation <laughs> about how uh, about how the tuba was sad because he doesn't get any melodies. Um, <laughs> what a ridiculous plot this is! Like, I've just completely divorced myself entirely from this conversation. I'm just thinking about that, like completely independent of everything else. This tuba is sad because he doesn't get any melodies. That's like, my- I, I can, I can see it being. I feel like it's something that's been done better by other people. Uh, yeah, but, uh, but you know, so the. But the frog. The reason the frog and the tuba are friends is because the frog also has you know, a sort of a booming low frequency croak. He's got uh, oboe mouths. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> be sure to talk to your doctor about oboe mouth. Boy, you uh, looking like you got oboe mouth. And, you need to get that checked. And uh and so he and so the frog inspires confidence 
in Tubby the Tuba, who makes his way back to the orchestra, which is now under a new conductor. And this was actually something I really liked. Was uh was the new conductor's like walk cycle has like a lot of cool like squash and stretch going on. It's got personality. Mm-hmm. It works with yeah. the fact that he's real thin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that part's really cool. Like those couple of seconds. Right. Uh, I mean, okay, so basically the ending of the short is that Tubby like basically interjects and does his own little melody thing when everyone else is trying to do something else. Everyone gets mad at him and like laughs and like a trombone grows a tongue or something. Which we all agreed um, was somebody's fetish. Yeah. Oh, this is all somebody's fetish. We all know that. Um, but anyways, <laughs> uh, but like the, uh, the uh, but then the conductor is like, huh, I never realized I've never heard a tubo do a melody before. Let me hear the rest of it. And then Tubby does it. And then everyone's like, oh, they they, they become like, oh, now that the main guy actually likes it, I'm going to su- kiss that tuba's ass and play along his song and say he's beautiful. And then, like, they, <laughs> everyone starts playing his frog song, the tuba frog song. And then I thought it was ending. And then it went to the frog on the log with the tuba again and saying, oh, you learned your, le- <laughs> well, so you, fi- you finally did it. And that was like the best, <laughs> just the freaking way he delivered that line was just like, it, it really did sound like he was like, oh, like disappointed. Like he finally just, I, after all these years, he finally like snapped and murdered the rest of the instruments or some shit. Now sh- you've I gone know. and done it. <laughs> really, when you really when you think about this, this is like a non secular Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Uh, is Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer all that secular? Yes, I mean it is already secular as hell. It was literally an advertisement that a company made. <laughs> no, you guys, you don't get it. Rudolph is Jesus because out. Cast. Keep going. Keep going. Next cartoon. Yeah, the the writer of the song was Jewish. I'm pretty Next sure. Next cartoon. Next cartoon. <laughs> right. Abandon this. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> uh. <laughs> was point was is, the writer is really Jewish? I, yes. We'll talk about that's that cool. later. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. That's for another episode. Yeah. Anyways. That's for next July. So anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now. Uh, okay. To reiterate. I think this short is gorgeous and I would probably watch it again. Like I, it's not like I think this is bad. I just, it definitely made my skin crawl at times <laughs> completely unintentionally. So, and I think that's also part of the reason why Tim Burton, like, or rather like, I think one of the reasons why Tim Burton, like when he produced or did he have any involvement other than, like writing the poem. I think it was just the producer of like Nightmare Before Christmas. But like, there's a reason why stop motions use it for horror at times, because this is definitely skin crawling at times. And it, like, that's the reason why like Nightmare Before Christmas is really effective because it's definitely creepy with its stop motion techniques and stuff. But I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of just rambling right now. My whole point is that this is a good cartoon. I just, my God, I, 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 I really hate these designs. I'm like so conflicted. Like I both hate and adore this cartoon. I don't um, like I don't like Tubby's face. Tubby's face can just go away. He's got a weird like, fucking face. I swear, if none of the instruments had faces and they were just like making noises and moving around and floating around, I would love this short 
10,000 times more. <laughs> but that is not the short we have, so therefore, I like this cartoon a lot, but it creeps me out. The end. <laughs> yeah, I I don't have any disagreements here. I I think that the that the cartoon is it has some lovely elements, but ultimately I don't like the designs a lot. Yeah, I agree with everything that's been said thus far. Okay. <laughs> so now that we're all in agreement about whether this short is worth being good or not, which I don't know if that's even a sentence. Worth um, being good? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to move on. <laughs> Drive the Please let me move cards. on. Drive it. Let us go on back to the list. Drumroll, Alex. Okay. Um, so we're going to watch... Uh, I'm no, I don't know whose cartoon this is. This is one of those shorts that doesn't have a character attached to it, at least not apparently. So it's um, a mystery we pulled from the mystery box. And this one's called Westward Woe. All right. Augustus Mutt is a tall and dead-winded racetrack character, a fanatic horse race gambler who is motivated by greed. Uh, Mutt has a wife known as, only as Mrs. Mutt. Mutt always uh, preferred her as Love, And a son named Cicero. Uh, Mutt first encountered a half-pint, the, the half-pint Jeff, an, an inmate of insane asylum who also shares his uh, passion of horse riding in, uh, in 1908. Uh, they appeared in more and more strips together until the strip was abandoned, the horse race theme, and concentrated on Mount, uh, Mutt's other outlandish, uh, outlandish get-rich-quick schemes. Um, so, just as, this is a re me reading the Wikipedia page about the characters for uh, Mutt and Jeff, which is the uh, subject of this uh, cartoon, because basically what it is is it's a old, long-running uh, uh cartoon comic strip from 1907 uh that basically lasted until 1983 um and basically yeah it's just a basically uh two dudes who do antics and this was a comic that lasted forever so it's another one of those things where you've never heard of these characters before but they were allowed around for nearly a century <laughs> so what does so, that have to uh, do with cow ranching did they just run out of ideas I don't fucking know, and I don't care because this, this cartoon, cartoon was, was boring. Nothing cartoon happens was in this cartoon, but boy, does it happen for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Just... Okay. So, I mean, it, it, like, it's it doesn't even have a plot. Is the thing like it doesn't like it kind of does at one point, but I didn't realize it had a plot until halfway through. Yeah. Um, so they fuck with the horse, then they fuck with a cow, then lots of cows fuck with them. The end. The end. <laughs> like, that's yeah. basically it. Like, like the only things that are good about it are, like, the cows fighting back against these two assholes. That's literally it. Um, I don't know. It's... Okay, so, I mean, like, it, it, it's, it's a nothing short. It starts with, like, I think it's Jeff. Yeah, Jeff would be the, the smaller one. Uh, dancing uh, around as... His, much shoots him in the feet, but apparently it's not because they're actually angry, but I guess it's just some weird dance routine they've been they're, working they're on. They're just, they're practicing. 
And like they're like do they dance on lasso? And then like a guy shows up, and then gives them a horse, looks stern at them, and then they get on the horse. And then like the horse is very poorly designed. Yeah, and like I, I here's the thing. This is the thing that confuses me because like okay, it's a cartoon with no voices, which is fine. We have a lot of silent cartoons out there, and you don't even need subtitles to illustrate your point. They do but, a little beaker style, me, 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 me. It's like, yeah. 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 But like, okay. The thing that gets me about this is that like, it's so directionless and I don't even know what direction they were even trying to aim for. I mean, cause like at first they're just dancing and then a guy looks at them. So maybe they're like supposed to be working on the farm or something, but they're not. And they're just dancing, which then they go to the farm almost no, like with no conflict. And that other guy who showed up early never shows up again. And they just end up like beating up a cow for like most of the short. And, and they then, brand it. And then it's just sort of like, you know how in like Legend of Zelda where if you like hit a cucko if you're sore enough times, it like starts calling in a bunch of other cuckos to beat the crap out of you. It does the same thing by blowing one of its horns. Yeah, and it's, like, it's, it definitely, there are, like, there are things I like about it. I do like some of the animation, while it's very choppy and, like, every other frame kind of animation. Um, I do like how squatchy and stretchy, especially, like, the cow and the horse characters can be. Uh, I especially love, I love, I love how, like, the bull is, like, moves and animates and all that kind of stuff. It's actually pretty cool. Um... The problem is just that I don't care and I don't remember anything that happened. I don't. Like, I literally, literally, our recap before is basically all I remember. Yeah, not not a single one of the gags landed with me in such a way that uh, it stuck with me. <laughs> you know, like, they're, they're basically unnoteworthy. Like, I can't even think of one that's really worth talking about. Uh, I mean, the only th- one I really remember is when they were calling the horn... Uh, and like when one of the things that comes out of the horn is like, uh, so one, so like the music note goes over to like an advertisement for like some tobacco with a bull on it. And then the bull comes out of there because the, the bull was convinced by the music note to go and fight for the honor of this bull, I guess. But like, I don't know. It's just like stuff happens. And if you think, okay. Here's what I'll say. If you want to watch a cartoon that is about two guys, like, who are messing around with cattle for, like, five or ten minutes, something like that, watch this. If not, I don't, don't. care. It's it's fine. This is, like, this is, this is, this is nothing. This is nothing. A big old <laughs> nothing burger. It's the cartoon. Wanna... It's the cartoon equivalent of like Soylent. <laughs> like I, I legitimately don't remember a thing about it, and I don't remember this coming out of my body, much like Soylent. But anyways, um, it's like a pancake without anything on it. God, and not even really a good pancake. It's it's one of those cheap ones. They they didn't do it's good just, with the better. It's like rain it's, on it, your wedding day. <laughs> it's like a free ride when you've already paid. It's like um, winning the lottery and dying the next day. 
<laughs> and it's like, you know, it's like writing, it figures. It's, it's like writing a song <laughs> called Isn't It Ironic without a single example of actual irony in it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and watch something else. <laughs> get the taste of this thing out of our mouths. What yes, taste? Let's, get that. <laughs> let's go. Soylent. That's the taste. Soylent. Oh. Uh, so yes. Uh, so let's go ahead. Let's head back to the list. Alex, drum roll. I'm making mouth noises. Just like Neil Cesariga. And Alanis Morissette. <laughs> and then the Full House theme starts. They were married, right? It was Dave Coulier yes, and yep. Alanis mm-hmm. Morissette. It's crazy. <laughs> okay. What are we watching? We're watching Popeye. Oh. We used to like him. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> I remember those halcyon days. Never meet your heroes. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be watching a Popeye cartoon called uh, Crystal Brawl. All right. Papa, you continue to disappoint us. <laughs> yeah, this one this one had the worst of the previous Popeyes. It was a clip show and it was racist. <laughs> so And full of sexual assault. Oh yes. That that so Bluto's uh Bluto's sexual assault in this one is like cranked up to eleven. It's like full mm. on like unconsensual advances, like it, like really so, uncomfortable. It feels so. The first Popeye, it feels oh, to me like nice. like this was made like later because like it kind of has like a sixties look to it, like a really cheap sixties look. Yeah, it it's, feels it's a, it, definitely one of the later ones. It feels like it was a different studio to me. Yeah, which makes me think that like the characters got super flanderized because I think that explains why Bluto is. The way he is in this. Yeah. Okay, so... But everyone is terrible in this. Yes. Oh. Right, no. Um, I mean, okay, so... Okay. Well, what was I gonna say? Um... Uh, Something about this being the first what? Oh, yeah, yeah. So the first uh, Popeye cartoon we watched, uh... It was the one about like uh, Popeye not being afraid of like superstitions and like all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that one was good. And, yeah. And, well, I mean, it was fine. Um, but that was also the short that I defended Bluto because in that one, while he did kind of, he was kind of a dick in terms of like pulling Popeye out of the phone booth as he was calling, like like calling olive oil and stuff like that. Um, it was a. Uh, it was also like I don't know. It, it was it was a situation where it was like, 
Like, I, I didn't feel like Bluto was being that bad, like, enough for him, oh, yeah. Popeye, to, like, physically beat him for most I mean, of it. Both both Bluto and Popeye are misogynistic for sure, but in, yeah. in, in this one, it's really a completely different thing. Like, there's, uh, th- there's like, a distinct... I mean, there, there's probably boundaries being crossed in, in both examples of these, but in this one, it's, like, a really ugly, physical distinct boundary that's being crossed yeah um, it's 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 uncomfortable in the same way as watching a pepe like pew cartoon nowadays yeah. is really uncomfortable like it's like uh, god anyways um so and okay so the plot basically is this uh popeye is about to go on a date with olive oil olive oil to a carnival like to a fair um and uh so but then, like, Bluto then sees that Popeye's about to go on this date and lifts Popeye up into a tree using the tree's actual things, using, like, cartoony things. It's hard to explain. But basically, uh, he hoists Popeye up into a tree and uh, goes out with olive oil instead because Bluto says that uh, Popeye said to go out with Bluto, I guess. I guess that's what his logic was or something. I don't know. But... They go to the fair, and Popeye, like, he, like, he hears, overhears Olive Oil say, hey, oh, I can't wait to go there and go to that fortune teller that they have there. And then Popeye gets an idea, and that idea is Brownface. Um, and so he goes to the, f- <laughs> he goes to the fair, and he goes to the fortune te- teller's tent, who is currently out to lunch, uh, and then he just dresses up in a turban and a big old beard with one of those uh f- like like with like a like with like one of those flutes that like that the snake charmers use, which I don't I don't I don't think even that's like the proper stereotype it's, here. <laughs> let me say something. The racism here is it's a special kind of lazy racism where they didn't have to do it at all. They don't like literally not at all. Yeah. Like you could you could you could just do like a Vincent Price kind of looking deal where he has like a big like thin pencil mustache and goatee. And then like uh, like maybe, you know, you'd have the turban, but it'd be like have like a weird jewel and make it all super flowery. So it makes it look more like a general performer and not just like him dressing up like a stereotypical image of what a. I guess I guess it's trying to be Romani, but it honestly looks more like an I, uh, like a, a Muslim stereotype yeah. of some sort, which which is weird. Like, There's I, no I, fucking point to them doing this. It's it makes no sense. It was nonsensical and it was poorly done. You, it was just. Ugh. But anyways, so <laughs> and here's the kicker: um, the uh, the plot of the cartoon. Uh, is that Popeye starts pretending to be a fortune teller and then uses the f- the ball to show Olive Oil all the clips of, <laughs> of well, no, two specific instances where Bluto just is a total creeper to Olive Oil via clips from older cartoons. <laughs> like, one's like a mountaineering one, which like has like him like Bluto and like a like leader hose in and also has a really weird moment where there's like imagery where like like friggin' like olive oil is like dangling on the edge of a cliff and Popeye is like trying to pull her up and like Bluto is like putting roller skates on Popeye while olive oil's nose is being eaten by like a baby 
American bald eagle. And I'm just like, <laughs> no, it's, like, it's what is like, even happening? It's like the, the eagle thinks that her nose is a worm. I guess, but like these these shorts really, really seem to like to beat up on olive oil a lot. Um, and it's. But yeah, like the, the thing is, is that like there's that clip and then there's one of pop like olive oil at a fair, which is a yeah, different so fair cartoon than the one, one we're watching. A, they go from one fair to another fair. But one is the fair of the one of a physical fair, and the other is the fair of the mind. Uh, and, they, <laughs> and like, <laughs> like, I, like legitimately, I forgot which fair was which for a moment because I was like, because I was about to like earlier, I was going to recount the part where Bob, Popeye is like, like at like one of those like bell ringing games, like those like you know, uh, those you hit your hammer and then like you get all the time you get a prize kind of thing. And like, like I, the, to win like chocolates for olive oil. But then I remembered, oh wait, that wasn't in the actual real carnival that actually exists. It's the, only in the freaking fair carnival that's in the crystal ball. And the that's amazing, where that happened. The truly amazing thing about this whole thing is that one of the previous clip show episodes we saw was also at a fair. I yeah, guess that's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like the Nickelodeon. And so it's like, uh, it's like, I guess it's just like, it's just like, well, we have a whole bunch of eclipse. Can you think of a setting? I don't know. Fuck it, a fair. Like, that's just like the <laughs> the default, like, lazy. Fair or like, Popeye's on trial? Like, one or yeah. the other. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, they, uh, so the, the fair within a fair, uh, the the affair, affair. the affair of um, the fair within the fair, and that where Popeye is stealing this man's chocolates by playing the game where if you hit the bell you get candy, and Bluto is um taking olive oil on a uh, Ferris, on a wheel. Ferris wheel, yeah, and his intentions in taking her there, I like like content warning guys because there it really is not okay what happens here it's but but non, it's like it's it, fucking nonstop yeah like his intention in taking her there is that she doesn't have a way to escape and that's like, like yeah like it's 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 not even like a scene where it's like Bluto like tries to mack on her and then she then slaps him and then he just goes grr, 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 yeah he doesn't grr, get his comeuppance here like she she's trying to escape like the entire time and Popeye has to and we never see the conclusion like yeah he does so, like, so for both for both this flare like the specifically the fair inside the crystal ball and the alpine clip we never see the part where olive oil gets saved or gets away from Bluto like it's literally right where like she is being Assaulted by her, KC, and it's we're, awful. We're not seeing the the kind of because that's another cartoon on the disc. Yeah, I guess that's that's probably it. Is because because it's a clip show, we're only seeing like a portion of these cartoons. Mm-hmm. They tie out um, before the resolution. Yeah, yeah. So just, uh, so it, it has that like it just a, I don't want to do a whole play by play on this, but like you know, like the they go from a Ferris wheel to a roller coaster. And and the theme in all of these is that, you know, is that olive oil is is being is being pursued without consent. So and Popeye is attempting to save her. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Um, 
I just realized something here. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so the whole point of the scheme, from what I can glean from what the premise is, is that so Popeye is pretending to be like a fortune teller and then showing Olive Oil, Pluto, and like all the stuff that he does that's really gross and all that. So she will be disgusted by him and then not never want to see him again, which is basically what happens. But okay, so. One thing that Popeye cartoons like to do um, is that in like certain kind of settings, uh, Bluto and Popeye will not know each other. Alva will not know what either, like won't know what Bluto is. Like Bluto is like a character that's outside of the canon of like Bluto and Popeye know each other and their rivals and all that. And in both of these shorts, this is the case for the Alpine short. Bluto is a like one of those like like guides mountain guides that is like Mackinac and like Allville does not recognize him as a different person or yeah. anything like that so he's, he's it's, a character it's, it's actor a, but it doesn't it doesn't but, work in the scope of the in the scope of the play yeah, but like, like they play within a but, play but, is like <laughs> well yeah because like the whole point is that so and then in the other one he's also not being Bluto he is a strong man at a fair that Popeye and uh, Popeye and olive oil are visiting so if popeye's plan is to show all the stuff that bluto has done uh that makes her make it so she would never want to be with him again he's not doing that he's just showing stuff that people that look like bluto have done to her or he's <laughs> and not showing actually this bluto his, his crystal ball is a window into an alternate universe yeah it's like it's like a butterfly effect thing where like somebody at some point stepped on a bug and as a result this happened. You know? I'm just <laughs> like, I'm just I'm just pointing out that like okay, so like clip shows are lazy in general. Uh-huh. And 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 one thing I'll also note is that once we get out of that, there's actually is a whole segment where Popeye and uh is chasing after Bluto and uh, Bluto's chasing after uh, olive oil and like the tunnel of love or something. That's not a tunnel and of love. Fucking <laughs> Satan's in there. Yeah, it has well, yeah, Hades. Satan's there. <laughs> it's like, Satan, but like l- literally Satan, and that's that's where Bluto is hung up by is like above the pit to hell. But um, but but anyways, the whole the whole thing I'm trying to say is um, so you can tell that like when you get to those segments, the animation is lazy as fuck. Like everyone's more janky looking. That it's a lot stiffer. Like once you get to the like the physical gags for the stuff that's not in the clips, uh, you could tell that they were really under like way over budget or something, and they were like really stretching it thin. Um, but like, so yeah, it's it's lazy in all fronts from like the actual animation, but then like it's also lazy from the framing device because at least with like the trial episode or something like, or like you can make an argument about like oh well. Like, it's, they're, they're, there's never a clip where, like, Popeye's, like, they didn't show, like, a clip by, uh, Popeye clip from, like, when uh, Popeye was in, like, the Aladdin story or something like that. Uh, and also, like, in the Penny Arcade, like, sure, they show different types of clips, but that's because they're looking into Penny Arcades. This is, this is Popeye trying to convince Olive Oil that Bluto is a bad person by showing clips of Bluto People who look like Blue, not Blue himself, but people that look like Blue being a bad person, and that is enough to make all of them like so. So it's like, I I just, <laughs> I I know that I'm getting really worked up about this, but this is just everything about this 
doesn't work. Every inch of it doesn't work. This cartoon's making you very angry. I don't like this and cartoon. Like, and like, I know, like, and I guess, I guess I'm getting, and I've, I'm getting obviously very worked up about, about fictional sexual assault that's being played off, like, for laughs. Uh, and, uh, and the reason that I think that's justified is because, like, these types of things do have real-world consequences. Oh, yeah, no. You know, nah, dude. These, you're, you're, these, it, these portrayals are harmful. You're completely allowed to be like, pissed off about this. There is something so, to get pissed like, off being, about. I mean, like, depictions where friggin', like, men are like chasing after women and like completely not respecting their boundaries or anything that they're doing or saying or anything like that. Like it normalizes it. That it normalizes it. It makes it seem like, Oh, that's just funny, playful stuff and not, you know, making someone intensely uncomfortable and something you should be, if you act like you should not be doing and should never be considered funny. Like if it happens, you should be deeply apologetic, not like, laughing your ass off you know so so yeah i don't like this one (laughs) i popeye has given us more bad cartoons than good cartoons since we started this uh podcast it sucks yeah it it is disappointing because i know there are good ones (laughs) there are a lot of good popeye cartoons out there and the character isn't inherently bad i mean sure it does rely on some like one thing that these newer ones and i did look into this is like from like the late 60s um Mm -hmm. so like um one thing about these later popeye cartoons that really is is basically what cirque was saying before about the flanderization thing is it really highlights since they're so low on ideas and they're basically just going up like cranking up the by 11 here like it just ends up highlighting the inherent grossness of the premise of the thing which is two guys fighting over a woman who gets beat up constantly because of both of their actions like it's <laughs> it's not exactly a pleasant watch to have and you can maybe put it aside in like if like there's good gags or a good premise or like you actually like one of the characters but you don't they're both bad people and we're just supposed to root for the one who isn't just actively assaulting the woman <laughs> Yeah, like that's that's it. Basically, we're supposed to root for the one who's framed as the protagonist, and I don't especially like it. So there you go, Popeye, worse than ever, maybe. Well, I don't know, maybe not worse than ever because there was that there was that like like Aladdin-y one, right? That one that was one, twenty yeah, minutes the, the, long. That one that one was probably the worst. But this is, mm, I don't know. Apples and oranges. They're this both is the so latest. This I, is this is this is bad in a completely different way. Like, but also uh, in the, the same Aladdin way, one, but less so. I'll yeah. I will take getting well, kicked in the crotch once over getting kicked in the crotch several times over a long period of time. Yeah, that's sure. fair. I don't know which one of those is which, but I agree. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, I'll take it in short form as compared to a whole like modern day episode oh, like length the- form. Yeah, like the twenty minute one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I right. Fair enough. Uh, so yeah, let's not talk about this anymore. Agreed. Let's or, or yeah, ever, let's not or ever again. Let's talk about. <laughs> hey, Alex, you need to put a content warning before we get to this segment. Yeah. Uh. 
let's let's actually uh, do put a content warning. Yeah, on this one. I think that's a good idea. No, no, no. I'm I'm uh, I'm not joking. I'm yeah, legitimately yeah. saying exasperately that we need to do that. Yeah. All right. Um, so okay. Uh, so so bad. Not in a fun way. It's just so fucking bad. Let's move on. Yeah, let's go to something completely different. We're going to talk about our prompt. So, which is a um, nice prompt, a nice good one, which will yeah, be yeah. A, a decent contrast. <laughs> a good prompt, but actually, so okay, so um, every week or every episode, we give out prompts to our listeners to respond to. Um, if basically, uh, if you uh, if you want to respond to like the most late the latest prompts, we like post them on our Twitter. You can reply in there, or you can send us an email at. ToontownPublicWorks at gmail.com. Um, now, the thing about the email is that if you have, if you email us, you can answer either the most recent prompt or any past prompts or just write us in general. So we're actually going to have uh, a bit of a full mailbox today. Really? Dealing with stuff outside of the main prompt. People have been listening to our old episodes. That's really cool. Yay. 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 Uh, so, uh, thank you very much here. So I'm going to go ahead. Uh, I'm going to get started with one that's actually not even related to a prompt, uh, per se. Uh, this is about, uh, a subject that one of our listeners brought up with us on, uh, Mastodon. Um, so, uh, Mycroft wrote in, um, uh, about, uh, a, a series of public domain shorts, uh, called, uh, New Pagotti. Um, I've heard of these before. Casey hasn't. So, uh, Minecraft just wrote a huge history thing. So I'm just going to go ahead and <laughs> did you call uh, Minecraft? <laughs> hey, what's up, YouTube? <laughs> Welcome to my Minecraft video. <laughs> my <laughs> Minecraft video. Yeah. Welcome to my Minecraft video. <laughs> Sorry, Minecraft. <laughs> but go ahead and read his email. All right. So, Minecraft wrote, wrote, "Hey, y'all." Uh, I heard in passing the mentioning watching some Russian cartoons sometime. Uh, I'm here to tell you that New Pagodi uh, has to be on your shortlist. This, it is a fact. It's a slapstick chase comedy in an urban setting starring funny animals. Uh, Wolf, Volk, and Hare, Zarats. Uh, while, uh, while probably not intentionally queer, the bunny is a non-masculine male with rosy cheeks and eyelashes, and the wolf sometimes tries to tries on toxic masculinity just to for it to backfire on him. Uh, it's been compared to MGM's Tom and Jerry a lot, but I like to think it's more a bit more of a wily e. coyote and roadrunner feel to it, as the painful failures of the wolf faces are largely his own hubris. Uh, it is more universally watchable because it's not uh, there's not often any dialogue between characters or written words that are central to understanding what's going on. Uh, the series of 20 shorts was made over a course of several decades, so be prepared for the styles and subjects to change. It's criticized for not being particularly groundbreaking, but I still thought it was most enjoyable, mostly enjoyable, if only for the earlier shorts where they were showcasing ideas and culture that wasn't too influenced, too influenced by Western animation. Uh, there's a play playlist on YouTube. Uh, I don't think they're public domain, so you'll have to endure others putting up watermarks, flipping the image, and all our rigmarole to pull conference rates. Uh, it looks like it's free on Amazon, free to stream on Amazon prime um hope you check it out and enjoy so right. uh i think i so I yeah i've heard about this one i thought wolf like the premise sounds so familiar yeah. i if i remember it's like the wolf with the, the wolf. broken cigarette basically yeah. yes wolf is that's a big the one snouter 
black fur, right? Uh, on his head, I think. That that might be the one. But, I think that's the one. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember. I saw some screenshots of it, and it looked really good. It HD? looked right yeah. up my alley, so I'll have to take this a look. Is, shall we put... It's a short I've seen now. Oh, go on. Shall we put that on the list, then? Um, I'm honestly considering it. Um... I'm honestly considering a lot of Soviet cartoons because the majority of them are kind of in the public domain considering the, like, certain things, you know, like how the Soviet Union worked, you know? Um, but, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's worth... Uh, I think that's I think that's a good idea to put them on the list. I actually kind of would like to add stuff to the list over time because at this point, like, we're not, like, anywhere near, like, n- nowhere near the f- end of the list, but, like... Uh, it'd be good to like add up stuff. So we're not just constantly like falling back. Like, and it's not even, like I said, it doesn't necessarily need to be public domain as long as it's easily accessible. Like, so if it is free to stream on Amazon, then I would consider that fair game, honestly. Um, you know, considering if that's true and I, I'm not sure if it is, but we'll, we'll definitely look into it. Um, so thank you for suggesting Mycroft. If you thank have you so suggestions much. for other stuff, like this, then let us know. Yes. Because I definitely want to put stuff on this list. Please do. Thank you so much, Minecraft. All right. Um, so we got one from Earth Digger. Um, let me see here. Well, actually, I'm going to go Earth Digger's last because it's eventually going to get to our most recent prompt. Okay. Um, so uh, instead, I'm going to go to Stubbadub's uh, response to an old uh, prompt of ours, uh, which was... Uh, Favorite failed pilots. Um, so, uh, a lo- uh, so, uh, Subadub says, uh, uh, Amelia and Iodine, Kablam Surprising Shorts. Uh, this should have been in a series instead of The Grim Adventures. Uh, and also, uh, there's also one called Night Crew that was a Nick short. Um, I'm actually unfamiliar with either one of these. Uh, yeah, I, mean, these- I-, I probably would recognize... I mean, let me actually look, look a brief moment of uh, I mean, iodine. These names don't sound familiar to me either. This is the first. Oh episode. my god! Yes, I I know what Amelia and iodine is. That's right. Go on. Am uh, I, am I the, spelling it wrong? Hold on. How do you spell Amelia? Oh no, it's n a n e m i a. Oh, anemia, anemia and iodine. Yes. Okay. Okay. So it's it's the short uh. From way back when, where uh, uh, it was a uh, short where like there was like a cat woman who was like this gothic like kind of like a like a cheerful goth like a happy goth and then like a cat cat that was like less cheerful goth I believe it was uh, okay I'm seeing this or actually no no it was a lizard lady that's right it was like a goofy girl kind of thing and it was like they definitely had a lesbian vibe and it, I remember really liking the short it was like they were trying to summon like the ghost of a kitty or something um but yeah it's a I remember that short distinctly from my youth I genuinely liked it a lot um and I kind of wish I did see the, the, that the short did get picked up as like an actual cartoon because yeah, they definitely have a good vibe to them. Um, as for Night Crew, I have no idea anything about it, but I will watch it because I like the Nick shorts. I've actually noticed that um, recently, if you haven't really looked into it, so uh, Nickelodeon's uh, YouTube page has like a whole section for shorts, and that's where uh, Tennis the Good Boy came from, as well as some other really good shorts that uh, I uh, have been really obsessed with lately. Um 
That's actually, so uh, I would honestly look into watching Nick shorts in general because they're really good. Um, so yeah, uh, do you all have anything to say? Uh, I found a picture of uh, anemia and iodine on uh, Google. Uh, I can see myself getting into this uh, art style. Yeah, I think it looked vaguely familiar. I'm sure I've seen it. I used to watch Kablam all the time. But very yeah, good uh, suggestions. Yes, very good. So thank you very much. Um, thank you so much. So now, so now that we I've got that out of the way, um, let's go to Earth Diggers because it'll eventually transition to our main prompt, which we'll get to at the end of this list because uh, he kind of itemizes it a bit. Okay. So uh, Earth Digger goes, "Hi gang, Earth Digger here. I hope I'm not too late for recording." I swear you're not. <laughs> you're fine. You never are. And again, I, I honestly, you're fine. You can literally write us anytime. I'm fine with it. And I do apologize if I know that I know that we've been kind of making it like seem like that there's not a lot of time to get into responses because I know I've been kind of like basically putting the episodes and then like a couple days later, we're actually recording. Um, but if you ever miss out on that window, I will get back. Like, I will put them in the next one, if nothing else. And I will okay. be trying to stretch out the time frames a little bit wider. So maybe, like, posting it up, like, maybe a mm -hmm. week or so before the actual episode is up or something. Do you have an answer to one of um, our prompts? Just send it. Just send it. Just send it. Just send it. Um, But, yes. Uh, So, uh, anyways. Uh. So first, uh, for my favorite fan works, I have two in mind. Uh, your conversation about MLP fan fiction reminded me of the one I loved called End of Ponies, where Scootaloo was the sole pony surviving an apocalypse. Uh, I remember it being quite well written, and a lot of the supporting cast were great. Was great. I was. It was still unfinished when I read it, however, and I do not know if the author ever came back to it. I. Okay. I mean, like, there's a lot of uh, fan stuff. Like, there, there is quite a bit of, like, apocalypse fiction with uh, ponies, it seems. Um, I don't know what that's End about. of course, Vangelion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am looking this up right now. Um, so, the new, but, uh, but he brought that up, but then his real answer for the prompt is uh, the music video for Cartoons and Vodka. It's a love letter to cartoons all over the board, jumping between the art styles of Adventure Time, Sailor Moon, Betty Boop, and more. Um, okay. I actually never heard of this. I will look into this immediately after recording, because that sounds really freaking rad. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, so now he goes on to the most recent prompt. Uh, that prompt being, uh, what is your favorite superhero show? Uh, like, yeah, what is your favorite animated superhero show, basically? Um, so, uh, we got a response. His response was this. Uh, the obvious answer is Batman the Animated Series. But for the sake of being a bit original, I will say the 90s X-Men cartoon. Uh. I was still upset. I was obsessed with that growing up. And I it had lines and plots that I still remember to this day. Oh, man. This one's for you, Eric. Didn't, didn't, uh... <laughs> Did that not follow some of the storylines in the early X-Men comics pretty closely? It did. It did. Okay, yeah, because I, rem 
I didn't watch the X-Men show or even I didn't watch the they rebooted it, right? Called it like X-Men Evolution or something. Like Oh, uh, no, no, no. Actually, X-Men Evolution was its own different thing. Yeah, so like I I haven't watched any of those. Uh but I have read my fair share of the X-Men comic series. Uh so maybe I should go you know, back and give them a shot. Which uh which one? I didn't realize which uh which runs? Oh, most of it was the later stuff, like starting starting with the starting with Joss Whedon's contributions and going through like the uh, the Messiah Complex or whatever it's called. Wait, Me? is that what it's called? Uh, I, I think that's in there somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, like uh, like all of that stuff, uh, and like leading up into like Schism, and I think that's where I stopped. So uh, so probably none of the stuff that was covered in the '90s cartoon, uh. But still, I, I'm familiar with the history. The '90s cartoon was real good stuff, though. Like, uh, uh, some really hilarious voice acting, some really neat adaptations of like uh different storylines from it. They actually like tried to do Cable while he was just coming out, and they really couldn't like touch on his like convoluted backstory. I may be getting this wrong. Cable may have been out for a while, but like. Basically, what they had to do was just make him super mysterious. So, like, in the storyline where he shows up, like, somebody just straight up asks, what's your deal? Who are you? And then he just goes, the wild man of Borneo. And that's it. That's the only explanation he gives for himself. (laughs) What? I remember the X-Men arcade cabinet with X-Men. Oh, welcome to die. To die. (laughs) I remember that. Also extremely fun. Uh, oh, that but was a good okay, series, so that was such a good series, though. Good, good response. I didn't realize until very recently, basically when Lindsay Ellis was still doing uh, loose cannons, that Mystique is everyone's mom. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, <laughs> I did not realize that. I only knew about the movie version because I'm a dumbo like that. Mm. Uh, I'm also like one of the few jerks that actually likes Cyclops. But anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh. Anyways, uh, yeah, thank you so very much, Earthdigger. I really appreciate this email. Um, uh, so let me go ahead. Uh, let's go to our Twitter responses. Uh, so we got a response from uh, AJ Kozlowski, uh, who said, Oh my God, spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, great designs, uh, voices, storylines, just out of the comics, but changed enough to make it all fresh again. It's just aces. Uh, plus the theme song rules. They just had to cancel it for all quips, no heart, ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, now that... All quips, no heart, ultimate Spider-Man is my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that came between the MTV Spider-Man with Neil Patrick Harris's Spider-Man and the ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. I've heard that, yeah, it's really good. They do a really good, I think... Maybe I'm... They do a really good Green Goblin, if I'm remembering correctly, in that one. And that the fight scenes are super good in that one. I vaguely remember that cartoon. I just, I remember hearing it was good, but I never watched it. Because I was, I think it was still during my time frame where I was like, I don't like action cartoons anymore. So, <laughs> I just don't think I paid attention. Yeah, honestly, um, I've I've seen very few, like, actual adapted comic book cartoons like teen titans is the only one i can think of 
to be yeah. honest. Fair enough, fair enough. So, you know what's weird? I actually didn't get any responses for Teen Titans. I don't know why. Um, but I'm willing anyways. to bet someone responded with my answer. Okay. So we'll see. Um, so then, so uh, we got to also thank you, AJ. Um, so uh, Dr. B uh, responds hey, with, uh, my life as a teenage robot. I finally got a chance to gush about this amazing show about a retro future with aliens, robots, alien robots, and our wonderful protagonist, who's a robot, uh, Jenny Wakeman, or XJ9. Uh, it counts. She's a hero, but a robot. I'm fine with that answer. Honestly, I, I'm not going to nitpick. I enjoyed that one. That was a great show. Yeah. You got freaking. Yeah, that's a good one. You got freaking Cam Clark as a supporting character who started doing a. Uh, a big guy in Rusty, like, sort of thing where he's also pretending to be a robot, but he's really just, like, a nerd in a basement. It's it's a real fun show. <laughs> it's got some good uh, villain designs, too. I just think, I've I just really love the idea of robots trying to be like people, <laughs> you know? No, I, like, a, like, I, I, like Robot Jones, that's I, why I put that one. I completely agree. I think mm -hmm. I really like that. And I don't, like... And I don't mean, like, in the sense of, like, something where, like... So, like, I haven't seen The Next Generation very much at all. But Data, I, I like the concept of Data, but he just looks like a human with white skin. He just is, looks like an alien. I want an actual-ass robot pretending to be a human or trying to be a human, yeah, you know? Although, if, if, you do, if, you do watch, if you do watch The Next Generation, there are some very robotic elements to Data. Like, yeah. There are parts where you see his head removed and stuff like that, like you know, stuff like that, right. robot things. But I get, but yeah, like the more the more robot looking the robot that's trying to be a person is, the better. <laughs> Honestly, I just uh, like, I, 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 the one thing I've noticed recently is I just really like the concept of things that or things or creatures that are not human who are be trying really hard to be human as best as they can. Yeah, we've made uh, we've made like, a lot of we've we've shared in, in the Toontown Public Works like production chat, we've shared a lot of uh like neural network stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. sort of like Well that. I just mean I I'm just I'm just talking about stuff like so um so for an example for something I talked about earlier like tennis the good boy. Yeah. That is a really freaking cute short and it involves that subject of a dog person trying to be a human person. For another uh, That's also true. For another example that you've also brought up Teacher's Pet as well. I was actually just about to say that. Yeah. Uh, that was one of my favorite shows as a kid. And like yeah, I think I I I think that's part of one of my favorite things about like like it's not the only trope I like about anthropomorphism, but it is one of my favorites. That's for sure. Yeah, and I think um, I think I relate to it in particular because uh, b because of like having to grow up with autism. I think is part of it. <laughs> yeah, you know. No, I so, I completely like, agree. I yeah. have the exact same thought. I uh -huh. think I'm pretty sure that's one of the main reasons, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, thank you very very much for that response. Uh. Uh. Thank you so much. We also much, got yeah. a response. It's really appreciated. We also got. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, we also got a response from uh, Fire Badger. Hi. Welcome back. Uh, you. Uh, so Fire Badger responds. I, wow, I went into an accent there for just <laughs> a moment. <laughs> 
Fire Badger um, responds. Uh, this will be probably be common among anyone who grew up in the 90s, but I really love uh, Batman the Animated Series. Uh, it was just it was just dark enough for kids to feel like they were watching a grown up cartoon. And it's still actually pretty watchable to this day. Um, so I'm going to confess something right now. Um, this is my answer. <laughs> I know it's cliche as hell. Um, That's okay but for it I, to be cliche. Yeah. I, I mean, like, okay, so the, my justification is this. It's cliche, yes, but it's also the only animated uh, superhero show that I've seen, at least that I can remember seeing, that actually made me cry multiple times. <laughs> like, there are several episodes that just deeply affected me on a personal level, uh, even as an adult. Like, it's... It, like, I, I can't think of very many other cartoons, like superhero cartoons that have done that for me. And I, I know there's some people out there that don't really like the measurement of like, well, this made me cry, so therefore it's good. I know that's not necessarily true because sometimes there's really cheap kind of stuff. But yeah, I, for me, I like... There are Folgers like, commercials that make me cry, so... <laughs> like that's Right, basically. but but I mean, I still like that ability to have emotional connection and empathy towards characters uh, that's something that while not not present in previous versions of batman uh it definitely has way more strengths in like making these characters more likable like that's one of the main reasons why mr freeze is so really 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 popular nowadays uh, is because they managed to make a backstory for the character that is empathetic and makes them into more of an anti-hero than anything yeah, else. It is, it is um, definitely not the other, uh, adaptation of Mr. Freeze. <laughs> yeah. With, uh, I mean, Arnold the weird thing is though that I think his Mr. Freeze, yeah, but <laughs> it's, it's weird because he's is and isn't because they, they go for the old campy version of, of Mr. Freeze, but then they still put in Nora in the plot, yep. like and try him trying to find the cure for him. So it's like both of them at the same time. So it doesn't work twice, but, but anyways, um, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, that's, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a fantastic series. Uh, if you don't know this show, please watch it. That's all I'm going to say, because I don't think I could describe it any better than just what you could get. Cause it's basically is in my opinion, it's still the definitive version of Batman. There is like, a reason is the, why people go to Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill as the definitive versions of a Batman and Joker. They do a wonderful job. I mean, like characters, this is what I want from Batman as a character. This is what I want from Joker as a character. This is what I want from all of these villains as a character. The closer you are to that while innovating on that original premise from Batman animated series is where I judge my how I view characters like other adaptations of Batman. That's how I do it. That's just my mindset because this is like the base level of what is what I consider really good with the character. And if you manage to do something interesting outside of those things and manage to like, like, and, and, and like, a, like that's, that's a feat. That means that that's really, really impressive. Like there's, um, but like, if you like, and I'm not saying you should just copy the same characters. Like I really do want you to innovate from there. Um, but like, if you stray away from like making them less human from where they are, or at least like less interesting from where they are in the Batman animated series, then I'm not 
going to be as interested in it. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to explain. I'm just trying to say that it's my baseline and I judge all other Batman content based on that. That's how much I really like this cartoon. And mostly not good. I would say it's not very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, um, though uh, one that's really good, uh, just so I can plug it on the show because I'll never have a really chance to do it on the show itself. Uh, Telltale's Batman series, play it. Both season one and two. Season two is phenomenal. And but and also playable. the old Adam West Batman is very good. Oh, so. of course. I yeah. Could, yeah, those are just fun. Those are fun, 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 super fun good. episodes. <laughs> yeah, I could basically spend like 10 minutes just talking about how the Batman, the animated series Batman is my ideal Batman. And like, how I don't appreciate some of the ways that they try and characterize him in other things, but we we got we got to talk about responses and stuff. We don't got time for that. Well, thing. I mean, that, well, actually, that was the last response we got. No, 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 um, no, no, no. So. I mean, I mean, I just can't take up airtime talking like like. I mean, we're at the point right now where we're actually talking about the things that we like. I mean, like, we don't, you don't have to go super hard into it, but okay. at the very least you can, like, well, gleam on it. If you want to, but no pressure. If you're getting me, if you're getting me, Carrie Blanche, to get into these Batmans. Well, what was your answer for Let me promise? crack my knuckles. Well, actually, if you're asking me about my answer for the prompt. Uh, true facts, I've said my answer already in previous episodes. It's either, like you said, Batman T.A.S. or Spider-Man the Animated Series, because, oh my gosh. But in the interest of being, like, original, like, just, like, giving a different, like, opinion, I can go one of two ways. You know what? How about you guys choose? Which one am I going to talk about? X-Men Evolution or Batman Beyond? Batman Beyond. Done. Okay, so... And we're not going to listen to Casey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, actually, Casey, go first, and then I will just tear right into Batman Beyond. Okay, Um. so my answer is Darkwing Duck. Oh, uh, <laughs> shoot, that's a good answer. And I'm, I'm, kind of a, I'm kind of amazed that nobody else wrote that in. <laughs> So. I mean, I think when we when people talk about superhero cartoons, I think they're thinking that we're wanting to hear mainly just action stuff. But like, I actually was seriously considering Powerpuff Girls, like the original yeah. version. They of Powerpuff count Girls, and that, that would be a good one. Uh, yeah, I I used I used a, a slightly more liberal ver- definition of a superhero cartoon just because I have a type, uh, and this this <laughs> happens to be it. I like Darkwing Duck. Uh, Ducks. If we yeah, because actually. That which which brings me into my next point, which was that if if we could expand the scope uh, of what the definition of a cartoon is, my actual favorite is probably the duck. It's of, Howard the Duck. It's the Duck Avenger, uh, which was uh, the, what? Which was it's just it's the it's the Donald Duck superhero comic. <laughs> oh, where he's, he's a superhero. Okay, that and, thing. Uh, and his like superhero outfit is like really really adorable. Uh and I love the Duck Avenger. But Darkwing Duck is my answer. I think that uh I think that um in as far as like as like comedy superhero goes, I it's I can't really think of a of like a series that did it 
better for me. Uh, you know, I, like it, it has like all of the all of the things that I remember enjoying about superheroes uh, in general as a child. Like it has memorable villains, uh, and uh, and it has like interesting alter egos and. Uh, and it's just overall like Launchpad McQuack is a much better character in uh, in Darkwing <laughs> Duck than he is in Ducktales, um, in right. my opinion. Uh, and yeah, I just uh, I just adore just about everything about that series. So related but unrelated. Um, so there was this PS2 game called uh, Donald Duck's Quack Attack. Okay. Um, and I believe that game had that Donald superhero like costume as like a power up. I believe if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I might be mistaking it for a different Donald Duck video game, which is entirely possible. But the only reason why I'm bringing it up is because I just remember this really really <laughs> kind of sad story. Um, so I went to Blockbuster to rent something, and this was like right when the PS2 was released, uh, or like or at least right when I was, like, interested in the PS2. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, there was Donald Duck's Quack Attack here. I wanted to rent it, but it was for the PlayStation 2, and I only had a PlayStation 1. So uh, I, you know, I was go, oh, well, I really would want to do it. But then someone, a Blockbuster employee said, well, I believe those games will work in a PlayStation 1, so we rented it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we brought it home. I tried playing it. And we all know what happened there. Yeah, and so we had to drive all the way to Blockbuster to get a new game. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a bummer. Oh, it sucks. I'm sorry, my dude. I was like, a, it, it was sad. I, I never ended up playing that game. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't good, but still. <laughs> um, anyways, yes. Uh, so Batman Beyond, goo. Well, first off, I'd like to say, real good answer, Casey. Like, uh, I did like... They did do, like, a future episode with that one, too. That was really neat, right? Yeah, if I remember correctly, they had some, in fact, like, time travel -y ones. I don't. It remember. was, like, a dark feature type one. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall entirely. It's been a little while. I've got them all on DVD, though, so I could always scan through them. That's really cool. Yeah. So, segueing into the dark feature thing. So, Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond with... With comic stuff, like, adapted to, you know, like, the TV and stuff, like, I honestly really prefer it when they don't, like, when they, like, don't, like, focus on slavishly adapting stuff from the comics. Because, like, if you do that, just go, just go read the comics. They're usually, well, they're not always going to be better. Sometimes with, like, event comics and stuff, like, the adaptation is always going to be better. But, like... With some like of the older storylines, just just go read the comics because they're gonna be better in there. With Batman Beyond, they did their own sort of thing, like completely like different from what what like a uh, DC had ever done with the Batman stuff, which was if I if I remember correctly, uh the the what the story is that. Um, the people behind Batman the Animated Series were told by the executives at, I think it was like, wasn't it Fox or something who was producing it? Yeah, uh, um, it was either, I think it might have been it, WB. No, no, it was WB. Yeah. That's right, that's right, WB. So uh, WB, they were told by WB that they needed to make a show about Batman as a teenager. 
Test science <laughs> and, respond well to the idea of Batman being like them, a teenager. Make a Batman that's in high school, and they're like, well, I guess we gotta make a Batman that's in high school. Oh, wait, let's not just do the thing where it's Gotham High and, like, he's going to class with Clayface or something. We're gonna set this all the way in the future. Everything's super high-tech now. It's all cyberpunk. This is the next Batman. Yes. And it uh, is... Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. You're, you're, this is your answer, so you should answer. <laughs> they, they do this really cool thing where they come up with a new main character, Terry McGinnis, and they don't just make him next Bruce Wayne. They make him his own personality, his own sort of take on the whole Batman thing, and then they have Batman as sort of his Alfred, his man in the chair. And he's still, like, with Bruce Wayne, too. They've brought him forwards. He's just completely Batman now. It's such a good show. It's really, really, it's a really, really good take on the Batman mythos because, like I said, mm. he's his own thing. He's almost like a, he's almost like a mix of Spider-Man and Batman and his own, like, little future, like, setting. They have all the, mostly old villains, but they're all, like, old and sort of on their last legs. And then they have new villains. And by the end of the show, he's sort of, like, built up his own new rogues gallery of, like, a bunch of neat different villains. Like, I think there was Ink, which is, like, a, uh, a woman that can sort of turn herself into, like, a black tar substance. There's the hmm. radiation guy that's from the pilot. There's a whole gang based off of the Joker. And then mm. there's a bunch of, like, animal splicing people that, like, show up okay, as a so, Go ahead. So, like, the, the splicers... Uh, I actually was gonna jump in just for a moment, Kara. For the longest time, I always thought the splicers were, like, a really weird thing. Like, it's literally just they're making furries <laughs> uh, as, like... <laughs> that's In the future, they're just gonna make fur furries. But, um, but like... I thought it was kind of weird and out there, but then I remembered about Man Bat and how that is literally his origin story, basically, is that he's a splice between a man and a bat. And I'm just assuming, like, I don't know if it was explained in the in the, the storyline or anything like that. I really don't know if there's, like, a future plot because I don't think I remember seeing more about it. But, uh, like, was there anything that said that Man Bat was, the, the, the like, the main cause of, like, the splicer kind of craze or something. I'm not entirely sure, but you could totally extrapolate off that. Yeah, like, I feel like that that could be a thing that they were trying to, like, do. Like, they're trying to do their own version of the man bat, but not just man bat. It's man all animals. And, yeah. <laughs> I could totally see that. But, yeah, it's just, it's just such a really good decision on their part to, like, they took, they took a mandate and they just ran with the constraints and they made something that like not only is did it eventually was it so popular that they straight up finished the series and another series Justice League Unlimited they actually adapted like adapted Terry McGinnis into the comics yeah Terry is actually a mean like a character that shows up and um the comics around him aren't that good, unfortunately. They really misuse him. But just the fact that, like, the same thing happened with Harley Quinn. The same, the fact that they did that, I think that really speaks to the level of quality that that cartoon had. Yeah. 
I really would like them to do more with Batman Beyond. Uh, there was always like the hope that the next Arkham game would have been like Arkham Beyond or something like that. Um, but that would be ambitious. <laughs> It would, would be, but I would totally dig it. Honestly, oh, no, no, personally, no, no. I really I, would. I, I would. I think. I think that uh, a very fringe audience would be ecstatic. But I think that the. I think you could sell an idea of a futuristic Batman in a giant open city. Yeah, no, no, I think no, you no. could think, do that. I think you could, but uh, to to brand it specifically as Batman Beyond, I think would maybe not have quite the same branding power that Batman has on his own. <laughs> Just because everyone, well, I, mean, it'd be Bat- uh, I, I don't, I, I don't need maybe, to explain. I don't, I don't need to explain who Batman is to my grandpa. <laughs> but I, right. I would need to. I would probably need to explain Batman Beyond. I mean, it's going to be an origin story, probably. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying that I would love it personally. Yeah. I, and they already had Batman Beyond costumes in like pretty much every game that Batman's been featured in yeah. since. So, but yeah, uh, great answer, sir. Let's see. I mean, really, yeah, there's a lot of good answers for this. Uh, if you want to put your own answer forth or if you want to make a point that we didn't make about any of these things that we talked about or anyone else talked about, um, feel free to write us an email at ToontownPublicWorks at gmail.com. Uh, that's where, you know, we'll, we'll read your emails. And, yeah, we actually really do love getting responses from you. And if you want to respond to our next prompt, which is something I haven't decided yet. Um, what? Hmm. Okay, here's a silly one. I, I want to do a silly one. Yes. Um, what product, like what, what object or like, hmm, I'm trying to figure out how to wear this. Um, if you can have any item that appears in a cartoon, what would you have? So like, like what, a specific so like, like item. What, what prop in a cartoon were you jealous of? Well, or I guess jealous you... of, yeah. Like, so, like something that you would love to have. Like, whether it be, like, a item for, like, a practical reason, whether you think it's cool or just neat looking or something. Like, whether it be, like, a car or, like, a grappling hook of something. I don't know. My answer is if log. You... you Log, yes, clearly. Um, <laughs> I think I I have a very unconventional answer in mind. I'll see if it's the one I decide to do. Okay, so then let's go ahead. Uh, now, here's so, my question. Just, is, it, is it just having it as a toy, or you just have it in real life? You have the thing. I would... I would I would prefer have the thing, but... Because, like, if you just go by as a toy, then... Just waiting for it to show up at Comic Con one year. It's going to happen at this point. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like as an actual thing. Okay. So, uh, so uh, yes, as a to, so uh, thank you again for listening. Um, I, oh, if you want to respond to that prompt, by the way, uh, you can either email us or you can uh, reply to our tweet that's going to be sent out here pretty soon, uh, if it isn't already out. Uh, of that's uh, uh, at Toontown Public. That's the uh, the Twitter feed. Don't forget uh, the hashtag. And 
with the hashtag, you have to respond with the hashtag uh, Toontown Prompt, because then otherwise I will probably lose you because Twitter is a bad website that is badly designed and now makes you want to see, now forces you to see the, uh, the, uh, the, the opinions of people who are genuinely terrible. So, oops, oops, oops. Whoops. Anyways. Oh, oops. Uh-oh. But, um, yes, thank you for listening to Toontown Public Works. Uh, uh, so as always, we want to thank our wonderful editors, Alex and Aki, for basically breaking their backs for pennies at this point. Um, seriously, thank you. This show is fantastic because of you. It really is. Alex, it wouldn't be the same show Aki, without you. Thank you so much for all the hard work that you do. I'm sorry again about the the heckin' borks earlier in this uh, episode. The borks are fine. They're probably cut out unless... Now the porks are not going to be in. The porks are now going to be in loud in air because, uh, because you mentioned them. So now they're just going to be like a weird remix that happens here. Bark 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 bark. No, they're they're just going to cut in the Silent Hill two dog ending song. Yeah, yeah, that's just going to be like in a low key in the background of this and for the rest of the episode here. <laughs> um, so uh, the uh, uh, so yeah, thank you for that. Uh, then there's uh, let's see what else. Our website. There's. A, Oh yeah, our website, Toontown Public Works at uh wow. Toontown Public Works. Yes, public Uh that's where you can see every episode and read our show notes and where we all, have all the cartoons. Yeah. And you can watch YouTube videos of all the cartoons that we watched in this and every episode. Yes. Sometimes we uh, handbrand that stuff and we put it on the internet for you. Yeah, like if it's something that's super obscure and no one's bothered to upload it, so um yeah, I'll take that. Uh, we'll do for that you. for you. It's all good. Um, also, 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 um, if you uh, like our show, you know, it really does help us a lot. If you rate us on iTunes or anywhere else where you listen to us, uh, we're in a lot of places. But though, admittedly, I have not checked Google Play or any of the Stitcher or any other places that we are uploaded on in a while. I'm just. I'm just hoping that they're all working fine at this point because no one said anything. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, just uh, look us up there and give us a rating. Uh, and yeah, that'll help us a lot. And just tell a friend. That also really helps. Um, Should we explain uh, what Mastodon is? Because we mentioned it before. Let them figure it out on their own. All right. <laughs> a Mastodon is a big uh, animal that does toots. Yes, exactly. Uh, honestly, I don't think we're ever going to have Toontop Public as like a thing on Mastodon because it's not really that kind of platform. <laughs> it's just something we were talking with one of our fans that I guess if you want to look us up there, maybe. But I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Might that be it, friends? Anything else? I think, that uh, I think that's it. All right. So, uh, in that case, uh, I'm HT the raccoon. I'm Casey the dog. I'm Sir the cat. And this has been Toontown Public Works. And these cartoons have been archived. I'm getting real sick and tired of that Popeye guy, you guys.